Hello, you're listening to Wait, How Do You Spell That? A Rare Disease Podcast. My name is Colby, and I'm the content manager here at Patientworthy. Today, we're going to be discussing blood cancers. There are many different types of blood cancers, ranging from the rare, such as histiocytosis or myelofibrosis, to the more common, such as lymphomas and leukemias. One thing they all have in common is that they are challenging conditions, with each case requiring their own needs and support. And to help in our discussion today, we have a very special guest. Dave Cade is a cancer survivor and patient advocate who was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, also known as AML, in 2018. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. We're very happy to have you. To start off with, I was wondering, can you talk a little about your background? I worked 35 years for a utility company as a theft investigator, loved my job and my health at the time. I did miss a, a day's work in 34 years. I was healthy as a horse, worked like a horse. When you started your journey with cancer then, as someone who was not usually prone to getting sick, didn't miss work, as you said, uh, what symptoms initially brought you to the doctor? You know, I likened myself as a car. I was it felt like I was running out of gas. I got weaker every day. Toward the end, could barely walk. I felt like life was leaving me. And what was the diagnosis process like then for AML? Uh, can you kind of walk us through that? Uh, many people who have these types of conditions, it's often um, a long time before they can get a diagnosis, multiple months even, sometimes years. So what was the diagnosis process like for AML? Well, I was so far into mine. My wife took me into the hospital Sunday evening, and they run about six hours worth of tests. They thought I had had a stroke. I got the results back the next day. They sent the results to our, our family doctor, and he seen me the next day and said it was all bad news that I had AML, and there was, from a person my age, there was no cure, that I had anywhere from two weeks to two months to live. Had you heard of, of leukemias or AML in particular? Did you know anything about blood cancer when you were diagnosed? I knew absolutely nothing. It's I've never seen it in the family or any friends around me. You know, just the word cancer scares a person. And I knew nothing about that type of cancer, AML. And so once you were diagnosed, what sort of treatment options did they discuss or did they review with you? Well, they said because of my open heart surgery about three years prior and my age, there was absolutely no traditional care for my type of cancer, that it was, that it was a death sentence. Faced with that, then this information that you were being given about AML, uh, what did you decide to do and, and why? Well, a doctor in Northern Colorado said that he happened to hear or read in a journal that the University of Colorado in Denver was doing testing on my type of cancer because it was so rare. He said, I don't know that they will see you or they can help you, but he said, I'm going to send you there and see if you can get enrolled in the, the study for AML. What was that process like then? You were enrolled in a, a clinical trial for a potential AML treatment. Is that correct? Yes. And the doctor told me that the medication and the procedure was not approved by the FDA. And 
he couldn't give me a diagnosis. He said, it's either you're going to die of the disease or die of the cure. They had, at that time, they had no idea. How did you feel when you were faced with odds like that? A, a potential treatment that, as you say, the doctor said might have some repercussions for you or to let AML, you know, take its natural progression. How, how did that make you feel? At the time, I figured it was still the end for me. But if I could add anything to the study for uh, future patients, that I had really nothing to lose. Thankfully, that's not what happened. I know that last month in September, you hit the milestone of three years in remission, correct? Actually, 41 months. I'm out now. 41 months, exactly. And please allow me to extend my congratulations. That's that's fantastic. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how your life has changed since you found out that your cancer is in remission? You know, I look at each day as a gift and the study, I'm still in the study. They're taking information from my bone marrow and my blood to find out why it's so successful in me and how maybe they can get the same kind of success in other people. That's very interesting. Um, What's aftercare like for somebody living in remission from this type of cancer? Uh, Go to the University of Colorado and Dr. Pollier, which is my cancer doctor there, and his staff are just great. I mean, you walk in and you already feel better, even if the cure didn't work. Just that atmosphere makes you feel on top of the world. I see him every 28 days, so that's a boost in my life. Just go from 28 days to 28 days. It's They make life so pleasant. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. I think many people are probably familiar with certain types of blood cancers, Uh, you know, your leukemias, uh, lymphomas, things like that. But as we've been discussing, there are many varied types. And I know you said you you didn't really know much about it uh, when you were first diagnosed with it. But as somebody who's gone through this journey, uh, diagnosis, treatment in a clinical trial, and now living in remission, what are some misconceptions that you think people might have about this condition? Well, I know my friends and family, they all believe that cancer will never be cured, that they really don't want to find a cure for it. But I've been involved with the scientists and the researchers and the doctors and his staff. And I have to tell you, they are working very hard to find cures for cancer. Mine was very rare. They said only about 30,000 a year cases of AML. So my doctor says it's a very rare cancer. And I think if they can work with my bone marrow and my blood to find something that will help the uh, cancers that are very rare, I don't think it'll be too long before they'll find something for all cancers. Uh, are you involved in any advocacy or or support groups? I know you said that you go to see your doctor every 28 days um, for your aftercare from AML. Um, do they provide any support for you? you? Oh, yes. And the patients in the waiting room, you know, we're all there for the same reason. And we've talked to people. Uh, there was a father that we talked to that had his son in there. His son was probably maybe 20 years old. And they they had no reason to smile. They were so down. But when I go in, I talk to everybody in the waiting room that'll talk and they hear my success story. And this one father came up to us 
as they was leaving the waiting room and he says that we had made his day that he, like me, believed that the word cancer was a death sentence. And he said that he felt so much better and that there was uh, hope for his son. We try to give hope to everybody we talk to in there every 28 days. Yeah, it sounds like it really makes you feel like you're you're part of the process there. And, and I know just from talking to so many different types of patients that making a, a connection, especially in an underdiagnosed or, or a rare condition is just absolutely important. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, what advice do you have for people then on that note, uh, going through treatment for AML or any other type of blood cancer? You know, I know it's hard, but I think attitude is half the battle. If you give up when you hear the word cancer, I think you're, you're headed the wrong direction. But to uh, maintain hope and faith uh, and a positive attitude, I think that helps the medication and the process tenfold. Is there anything you want others to know about your story? Yes, there is success with most people feeling there will never be a cure for cancer. All they have to do is look at my story and other stories that they are working super hard to find a cure for that terrible word, cancer. To realize that it's not quite the death sentence that others or even your own mind might have you believe when you're handed that diagnosis. That's correct. I had medical professionals tell me two weeks to two months, and actually I felt like I had two days, maybe. That's Mm -hmm. how bad I felt. Mm. But I still had hope when we left our family doctor and the specialist up in Northern Colorado. I I don't know why, but I still had energy inside of me to, to go for anything that they had available. And my support group was my family outside the hospital. My family wouldn't let me give up. Just maintain the hope and the faith because I took a leap of faith for when they said the medicine could kill me or the cancer was going to kill me, no doubt. I am so happy that you are in your third year of remission and I hope that uh, you continue to have that success in the future. Thank you, Colby. Well, Dave, I would like to thank you for coming on the show to tell us about your story and your experiences today. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Anytime. And remember, you can always keep up with the latest in rare disease news by visiting patientworthy.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for patientworthy on those platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. It may seem like a small thing, but a review or rating really does go a long way toward helping us out. Finally, if you have any questions about the podcast or perhaps an idea for a future episode, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to colby at patientworthy.com. That does it for today's episode. Thank you once again to Dave Cade for joining us on the show today. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.